हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशन विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब The following is a conversation with Anvita Sharma, born in Boston and raised in LA. Anvita Sharma is a company performer and Kathak dance instructor of the Lucknow Gharana at Kathak Kala Academy. Coming from a family of Hindustani music scholars, she was exposed to various styles of music and dance early on, but finally realized her passion was in Kathak. Anvita first started teaching Kathak at the Pasadena Hindu Ten Temple in April 2007 in the middle of her first career change she had a degree in finance but after a few years of working in the corporate sector she was back in school studying to become a registered nurse it was in the middle of nursing school when her guru rachna upadhyay suggested that she teach kathak from then on until july 2022 anvita was a full time registered nurse and a kathak dance teacher having two careers for many years meant working long days while teaching performing and holding lecture demos on nights and weekends she is currently completing her 6th year prabhakar degree from prayag sangeet samiti institute of music and dance anvita offers classes in pasadena anaheim Irvine LA and online with over 20 years of training in this form of art her journey continues as a disciple under guru rashna upadhyay in los angeles and more recently shrimati durga arya in germany so yeah and with a welcome and thanks for coming on and just to get start so good well thank thank you for having me oh yeah for sure for sure and yeah just to get started i wanted to know like i since you've recently gone full time uh what has that process been like going full time as a kathak artist uh the transition was it, it kind of happened like very suddenly mm-hmm. uh it was something that i was thinking about maybe doing one day down the line but i wasn't really sure if it was possible or feasible to you know support myself with just the kathak income but um i was just you know as a full time registered nurse in a clinic working 5 days a week and it was just getting really busy especially with the pandemic you know short staffing so i don't know just something triggered me one day at work um like i i just you know and i was so overwhelmed with doing kathak nights and weekends and then working all day um i just felt like i was getting signs left and right from the universe <laughs> that i can do this you know like i was it was just like it was like a very strong feeling mm-hmm. so one day i just kind of talked to my mom about it and she's like you've been thinking about this for a while cuz she discouraged me a few years ago and then she was like you know i think it's time i think mm-hmm. i think you're you're going to be okay so i i kind of felt relieved <laughs> that she's supporting me and uh, i mean she lives in india so yeah i just quit my job i i gave 3 week notice um and then i don't know things have been falling into place really seamlessly i've been able to grow my classes within a month like my students um cuz it just happened a month ago i'm working on a recital and now i'm just like there's no way i could have done this with a full time job mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, it's like 
it's just a lot of work um, and I want to do everything myself. So it's been really great. I just feel like when you do something that you really were supposed to do or meant to do and you do something that doesn't even feel like work, then everything really does fall into place. Mm. And so it's been fabulous. I mean, obviously like money wise, I'm like from two incomes down to one, mm -hmm. but you know, I have faith that there's always a way and you know, worst case I'm in America, I can go back to get a you know, job if I needed to, I can go back to nursing. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness I had you know stable career, but yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. You know, so it's, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. I had also been teaching for 15 years before mm -hmm. this is like this is my 15 year anniversary this year. Um, so it's not like I just, you know, did something completely crazy. Um, it, it was a big deal, but it was something that I've been doing for a while, and, you know, building my, just my teaching style and um, my, my students and, you know, repertoire. So it's, it's been great. No regrets. Yeah, congratulations on your 15-year anniversary, Anvita. And on the concept of time, like, you know, I we know that nurses kind of work crazy hours and, you know, they, all, a lot of the time goes into that uh, in that profession. So how did you manage your time when you were kind of doing both in terms of doing the nursing and the classes and keeping up with your other practice? How did all that kind of fit in together? I'm very curious about that. No idea. <laughs> it was <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know, like I, I, the funny thing is I used to say um, there was a, certain jobs I wanted to do when I was younger. And the one reason I didn't go into them is because I didn't want to work nights and weekends. Hmm. Initially, even as a, nurse, as a nurse, I was working day shift, but you know, I really didn't want to work nights. I just got lucky and never had to work nights and weekends. Um, and then not too long ago, I was a couple months ago, actually, I'm working and like during the day and then the evening I was working on a costume order and just to order and coordinate for all the students and it was like one o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning and I'm like and I realized like I'm working nights and weekends <laughs> and I, I don't even feel it and it's like I must really really love it so um but anyways it wasn't always that bad it, it's I would I, I have like lists everywhere I have a calendar I have one that's um called the high performance planner <laughs> and it's like um it's scheduled out by the hour actually by by 30 minutes and sometimes that's just how i have to do it like i this you know i would plan like when i get home i do this i have 30 minutes to eat and make dinner really or walk my dog make dinner prep really quick maybe 60 minutes sometimes but it was really tight and then be ready for classes and you know because i don't finish till nine it gets late um but i would just to be organized, I guess I just write everything down. I have reminders, I have post-its, keep moving it. I mean, you just have to stay organized. But um, as you know, and on top of that, I'm like, I'm not a perfectionist as far as um, doing everything like dancing perfect necessarily, but I mean, perfectionist as in being organized and getting back to people and responding to people. So I just, I just try to think of it as, you know, I mean, well, it's a business too. So I, I'm prompt with, you know, responding to students, whether it's like questions about um, theory or just about, you know, class timings or whatever, but I don't know, I just don't even feel it. I just do it. 
you know, um, but I think the main thing is you have to have time management and you have to have a calendar system, you know, because besides the classes and the rehearsals and there's extra performances sometimes. So just to have to have something written down, I guess. And your planning system, do you just, do you plan out like your week on like a Sunday thing or do you carve out some time on your daily routine to kind of plan during the day? What do you do for that? Like, like how do I plan? Um, I mean, things start piling up sometimes months in advance. So I always oh. have to schedule that. Okay. Yeah. You know, like if it's a, someone tells me a few months in advance about a show or mm-hmm. um, usually it's a show, like a performance, mm. but um, when I know something in advance, I just calendar, but the week of, I kind of look at my like pocket calendar at a glance with all the appointments. And then mm-hmm. I, I plan out my days, like literally by the 30 minute blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm constantly checking. So the first thing in the morning, I look at my calendar and then I check in with it during the day. Like I highlight what, because I always over schedule things like that are not possible to do in 24 hours or yeah. whatever hours I'm on. I get <laughs> so that. I, then I, what's, this is the like most important thing. I highlight those. I do that, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of prioritize. And then before bed, I look at it again. And then I mentally prepare myself for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, even now that I quit my full-time job, I, I think it's because I'm working on the recital and trying to grow at the same time. Um, I am still constantly busy and I'm, I'm hoping it'll slow down. I think it will, but it's just like right now, a lot going on, but yeah, it's, it's a day. It's a like sometimes daily or hourly thing. Understood. And to follow up on that. So now that you're doing Kathak full time, do you find, you know, you're, you're spending all this time in nursing and now that that's not there. Do you find yourself with a lot more free time? Or how have you been able to fill up that time? Or are there things that you're able to do now that you weren't able to do before? Very curious about like this new time block that's open for you. Some things, yes. Like some of the things I want to increase just my, for myself, my meditation Mm -hmm. to at least an hour a day. And I'm still 10 to 20 minutes. I should have more time, but it's just because there's so many deadlines I have right now. But Mm -hmm. what I really enjoy is that I used to do all of my riyas in the morning. Like I would wake up, meditate, walk my dog, and then um, work out, like like you know, fit. I mean, weightlifting or strength training. Yeah. And then I would do my cardio, which I didn't have time for a cardio anymore, so I just do kathak. So mm-hmm. that was my riyas. Right. And um, but sometimes, like depending on you know, like I had I have like a three-hour morning routine. So if I didn't wake up at five o'clock mm-hmm. or four thirty, I would have less time for kathak. But I the minimum would be like, oh, I ran out of time. I, I'm just going to go through one concept song that I'm working on for myself. Right. So what's now what's exciting is like the first day that I was able to just practice as long as I wanted. Mm. And so now I, I'll practice until I'm like exhausted. Ooh. Or sometimes like I'll, and I'll have to eat something because I have or maybe I haven't eaten yet. And then I'll come back and like maybe wait for it to digest, digest mm. and then practice more. But you know, so it's like sometimes 30 to sometimes 75 minutes straight. And, you know, it's, I mean, and I want to do more, but I'm mm. just depleted. Sense. So that, that, I think I love that. I just, I just love it because, um, you know, even when I tell my students, my new students, you know, cause they're, when they're really new, you're, you're trying to do tatkar and then you're trying to 
like I'm like move your hand like this, turn it over one, two, three, four. You know, I tell them the beats as long, while you're doing that, 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 and it in the beginning it's like the hardest thing ever, you know. So I I tell them well, you know, you really have to focus and your eyes your eyes have like watch my feet with your no watch my hands with your eyes and then listen to like I'll say right left right left right just to get them on track and then. So follow my feet um, with what I'm saying and then visually watch what I'm doing with my hands and try to copy. I don't know, somehow it makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they say it's hard and I'm like, don't worry, you're gonna get it. Because even my like five-year-olds in the beginning, they struggle, but after maybe a week or two, they get it, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and then I realized it's also like a meditation because I mean, I've done two, Vipassana courses where it's like 11 days or 10 days of silence, 10 hours a day of meditating. And, you know, like it was amazing, but, and hard, but I think the focus that I get when I'm doing practicing kathak or dancing, it's like, um, it's just so much stronger. Like you forget everything else around you because you, you can't think of anything. If you think of it, you'll mess up, you know, especially if it's like a complex song with, um, you know, like footwork and, expression and everything so i know the second i my mind gets diverted just a little bit even when i'm practicing on my own boom i mess up so Hmm. it's like you know it requires such concentration until it becomes your muscle memory sometimes Hmm. you know sometimes muscle memory like you can kind of go through but even then if i'm not paying attention to like the meaning and what i'm trying to convey and what have an intention it doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my experience. So that's why I can just go on forever because the feeling is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, that's another reason I just love that I'm living my best life, mm-hmm. doing what I love you know, and spreading it to the community who also loves it, you know? Yep, living your best life is a good way to put it. And since you talked about intention, I'm very curious about this. So since you said, Riyaz is kind of meditative for you. I'm very curious if you have any, like, before getting, before starting your Riyaz, if you have any rituals to put yourself in that space, kind of block everything out. Do you like to set up your your space a certain way? Do you like like to have certain lights or smells there? Is there certain things you do before coming, getting on? Very curious about what your pre-Riyaz rituals are like. Um, I think, like I said, as long as I get my morning, like a little bit of meditation, mm-hmm. and I do lemon water warm lemon water things like that like then i feel Ooh. ready to go okay um that's my ritual for a long many years like maybe 15 years but or longer but um i warm it and you know just drink it and then i do um i actually do a little journal that now is i do it digitally but it's like setting i i do affirmations um and then i like set your my intention for the day mm-hmm. which like and, and sometimes, you know, like I'll just say today is going to be amazing. And then um, whatever, like I want to make sure that I get done, I write like I'm going to get this done and the, today I'm going to do this. Like I write them down. Mm-hmm. What like what am I going to do to make today great? And then the next page asks me, um, and the first one asks me what I'm grateful for. So I start with gratitude and I list like nine or ten things. Mm-hmm. Then I do the intentions and then um i say affirmations and honestly like even when i was um like this after after our classes went from online and to in person i think that was in november last year at least where i live in california so um when i was trying to regrow because i'd lost some, you know, a lot of students online mm-hmm. um 
just setting these intentions like to grow this many more students. I, and so I would tell myself, I have, you know, whatever, 40 students or 50 students. And mm. then I would just try to believe it. And then I feel like it comes through. I don't know. Yep. I don't know if it's a confidence, but it works, you know, because mm. I believe it. I'm not, you know, like when you tell yourself, like, I'm just never going to be this, then you're not. Yeah. And I really believe it. So mm. that's part of it. But other than that, I just need like a clean space. Um, I If it's, you know, the temperature, if it's too hot, I just put the AC on um, in my in my studio and uh, do my pranam. Mm -hmm. And then I just figure out, like I usually, because I have so many songs going on at the same time, mm -hmm. I usually do what songs am I working on right now that I need to practice? And then what am I teaching tonight? So mm -hmm. like, you know, it's probably two or three songs right there. So I just make sure that I'm prepared. Mm -hmm. But um, and, yeah, so I set an intention before I do it understood and one thing i'm really curious about so like you know there are a lot of books out there on morning routines there's hal elrod's miracle morning there is robin sharma's 5am club one of the ones i like is own the day own your life which is marcus aubrey are there any certain books about morning routines or stuff you recommend i'm very curious about that since you mentioned a lot of practices that are followed in that space so to speak i can't say that i've read them i mean mm -hmm. i know that i've done some i've, I've either heard or listened to jay shetty's podcast okay gotcha at some point you know, yeah there's there's been times in my life where i was just like looking for answers and so mm -hmm. i would do those types of things and i listened to what is up like the kurt tolle what's this um i can't think of it but like i'll buy these books and i don't have time to read them so i end up <laughs> downloading i really yep. don't I have like blank books behind me but then I buy the digital or the audible version and I just listen to them. Yep. So, but I, I don't think I got it from anyone, but I will, I think it's just, you know, the years of trying to grow as a person and yeah. find myself and find what my purpose is. Like I would hear something's good and I'm kind of a health freak. So if I find out that this is really good for you, mm -hmm. I do it. And if this is really not good for you, I try not to do it. You know, I just think that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. But I, I will say that when I hear either like successful people's morning routines yes. and interviews or just like spiritual leaders, a lot of the morning routine um, is actually what I've, I already do. And I, I think it's probably just because I've been like mm. looking for answers all my life. And I just kind of developed, yeah, like certain things like the lemon water, the meditation, the affirmations. I feel like these are kind of becoming really mainstream now, but mm -hmm. I, I have been doing them for a long time. Got you, got you. So, which I had a book to tell you about. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, and I guess coming back to Kathak, and I'm very, uh, wanted to know, like, so you say you've been taught Kathak a certain way by your gurus, and every teacher kind of teaches in their own way so i would like to know like what are the ways you feel you teach differently than how you were taught so to speak um so i there are like there are things that are different there are also things that are the same so mm -hmm. certain things that my guru i, I learned mainly from rachna Padie. Mm -hmm. she's um, i've been with her for i'm still with her for 20 years right um and then a year ago i started also training online under Durga Didi, mm -hmm. you know, because I, um, I, anyways, I just heard there was an opportunity yeah. and I was not, I was like, oh my God, I would love to learn from her. So, um, and of course they both know that I'm doing both, but, um, I'm just always hungry <laughs> yeah. for more. So I've been learning both, both of them, but I will say like 
mainly it's Rachna Didi. So I do everything like her, except if there's something that I just personally struggled with um, that I think could have maybe done been done differently, or just things that I've learned over time. Hmm. I do those, like definitely all the digital stuff, like, and my whole registration process is different. But when it comes to teaching, um, like my guru won't let you record her. Oh, when, when she's dancing. Yeah. So you have to like, I just do, get it in your head that time. Oh my God. When, when I first started, I mean, for many years, it was like, we never got videos because I don't think there was, there was, there was a way, um, back then. And then audio, I mean, a lot of gurus don't share music, so we weren't, wouldn't get that. It was just so hard to do mm. it. And, and I was like, well, how do, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just hard, but then now she allows recording but if it's in person she'll record us like she'll teach us and she's like i'll record you guys doing it so i did that for a long time just like her i'm like i do whatever she does you can't record me unless i'm performing but then you know one day i was like i understand like they the, the students want to see how you're doing it because they don't want to copy the wrong person on the video and you know they want something to compare themselves to because when i actually sorry now on if my guru does something on zoom um like there might be four or five squares i mean it's a small class but yeah her square like this small so now she'll record herself but it'll be um like just really really small oh, like so and i'm staring at it like drooling because she looks so amazing you know dancing like she's like yeah. a hidden treasure that mm. I, th I think should be like world famous but so I, that kind of stuff I do differently. Um, and I think I'm just more like, because I was raised here and educated here, yeah. I try to do things like a real school, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know, handouts and um, I send definitions and I'm like, you have to write this in your notebook. Like I, I kind of, I think because at some point I wanted to be a school teacher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of have that in me. Mm -hmm. So that part I do differently. Um, and I also, when we do our exams, like I, th I guess the old school method, I mean, even though it's not that old, but is you just do a lot of research on mm. your own. And um, because I haven't, it, taking the exams has been a struggle for me because there's no, re there's very limited resources on Katak. You know, mm. like, I mean, I'm really like always looking for more um to the point where a friend of mine because we feel like we're doing a phd like these brayas and geats exams that our school offers we yeah. didn't start offering them about seven years ago we got okay. affiliation mm -hmm. but i love I love that we do that but um when we so what was i saying <laughs> um oh like before we didn't have the um capability to take the exams but now that we do, um, I've taken all of them except the, um, this year I'll sit for the sixth year, which is the um, Prabhakar. I, I have fifth year, but I feel like I'm doing a PhD because it's been so much research. Mm. And like just my friend and I that we're taking the same, we're taking it together. Um, so we're planning on writing a book on mm. how to take at least the Prayag Sangeet Smith exams because there's a lot of content. And like I said, it's just been a struggle. So, you know, something like that, I try to make it better. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I try to, I just give my students as many resources as they can, because otherwise they just get scared off. Like it's too complex, you know? And I mm -hmm. feel like out here, like they're used, to, we're used to being more spoon fed, mm -hmm. you know, compared to in India from what I gather. So I don't know, I, I like 
I like actually teaching and going through the trouble to make someone understand something that they don't. So I okay. just take extra time. And I also, another thing I do differently is if you don't show up to my class and you didn't tell me, mm -hmm. because you know, the classes are kind of small, they move fast. I'm fast in the sense like if you skip one, you know, and you don't try to learn what you missed on your own, then you're going to yeah. hold everyone back in the next class. So I run after them. Like, Where were you? Because <laughs> you didn't tell me you were missing. So yeah. I, and I tell them now, like, you're my student. You're also my responsibility. So I will run after you if you, okay. you know, don't show up. Not in a scary way, but it's because I care. Mm, and, I understand. You know, it holds everyone back, you know, them, yeah. me, then they get discouraged. So if they miss a class, like I really highly encourage me to do a private last, like a 15 minute makeup private with me. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly, like this summer, a lot of my free time has been going with that because people have been gone to India for a month or two. We have a yeah. recital coming up. They need to learn. Yeah. So like every day I have privates, mm. um, either their actual privates or their makeup lessons. Yeah. And you know, that's where my, I mean, it's like I'm teaching double. <laughs> Yeah. But for the same amount of students. Mm -hmm. So, but I think, yeah, that's just passion right there. Sure. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't feel like. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of the makeup lesson before in a Kathak in context. So that's pretty cool I that know, you offer that. Yeah. I know. Tell my students, like, there's, there's very, <laughs> in that sense, they're a little spoiled. Mm -hmm. you know, but. But I don't know, I just like, I guess I don't mind because, you know, people like they think, well, I'm paying the, the fees and what if I miss a class and this and that. So yeah, like want them to feel like they're getting their money's worth. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. And speaking of examination, was there something special about since there, since there are multiple bodies of examination, you know, multiple institutes that offer examinations and they have their own syllabus. Was there something special about the Prayag Sangeet Samiti that you, cho you got, chose to go with them? And what was the affiliation process like for you? Well, I don't, I, I didn't do it. My guru did it, Rachna mm. Devi. Um, yep. she, she has been looking into it. And actually the funny thing is she had her own, um, like, I don't know what they, she called them back then, Prathama, like levels of exams. And I, I think I was just always, even though in real school, I don't even know how I, I, I have like two degrees, business, went back to school and became a nurse. But when I did, and now I'm doing the Kathak duty. But anyways, when I did that, I hated tests, I hated studying. I don't know how I did it, but I was Indian, so I had to, you know, so, <laughs> but maybe inside I was really an artist. And so, um, when I, but when, for some reason with Kathak exams, I think I just wanted to know that, like, did I get somewhere? So I, I was, I think I heard her mention the exams and I was like, can you test me? And then I look at it. I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff, like five Thoras. And this is a long time ago. So I worked on it and I was like, okay, test me. Literally, I was the only one that took the test. I don't think any of her students took it. So years later, she's like, I'm looking into testing. And so I was like, oh my God, that's that's great. Like, I want to get something. I mean, this, it just sounded exciting that there was testing for, I don't know why. And so I think she just looked into a couple different ones, but she herself has uh, the Prabhakar from Prayag Sangeet Samiti. So maybe that's why I never really asked her, but after a few years of testing or no, maybe it was the first year. So the first year when we started this and I, I was catching up with my mom who's in India. And so I was telling her that we're, um, I'm so excited we're taking exams we're we're gonna get like diploma for this and it's you know i'm gonna get 
I don't know, like something solid. So she was, so when I told her, she told me that, oh, you know, your great grandfather was one of the founders of that institution. And I was like, what do you mean? And she, she said it so casually. It's like, it's no big deal. And I was like, wait, wait, can you tell me more? I called her. So then I called my Nanaji because it's his father. He was mm -hmm. still alive. He just, he just passed away last year. Gotcha. COVID. But anyway, so he, so she, I called him and I was like, wait, tell me more, you know, all that stuff. So apparently like it's also somewhere in my lineage. And so that just kind of made it more exciting. That was nothing to do with the selection process, but it was just like a huge coincidence. And also why is nobody in my family talking about this? Mm -hmm. you know, but the next time I went to India, I told my mom, I want to go to Barak's and Yitzhamithi. And that's like my tourist attraction this time. Yeah. And so we went with that and we looked like went there. There was like no mention of his name anywhere, but like it was just nice to see it mm -hmm. and, you know, see the city and everything. So understand i don't know where we came up why exactly like i said but i think it's just because she has a degree from that mm -hmm. makes sense makes sense and um i one i'm very curious about this like whenever exam season comes around in any academy there's always like a rush of activity you know prepping the students sometimes they take a little bit of time off and preparing for vivas and things like that so what does exam season look like with you with you your students in your academy what does that look like for you so it's coming up so mm -hmm. it's right after so our show is September 17th and yeah. then the exam um, first, yeah, so this four weeks and then the exam is going to be first week of December. So we have to do registrations and then start prepping. But so what I do then is because showtime, a lot of the focus is uh, um, just on the songs that we're performing. And sometimes there might be some, I mean, obviously there is, but I'm saying depends on what class you're in, mm -hmm. what you're performing. Um, but we're so performance focused for a few months that like my Guruji does this too, like after the exam, go back to theory. I mean, sorry, after the show. And so perfect timing, the recital's over and I've already sent them like their levels of study guide. So whoever wants to take it, I said, start looking at this, ask me questions, you know, so start making your study guides and then we'll start in class. And what I do is <clears throat> I, like I have the, first year through sixth year outline of what's on all the exams for practical and theory. So I share it with them. And what I do is I say, now make your own study guide and like write the first question, leave a space, you know, for everything and then fill in what you know. Now what you don't know, bring it to me in class and then we go through things like, you know, the higher levels will have like three, at least three thals that you have to master mm -hmm. like for the higher level exams. And you should know compositions in all like all types of compositions they have, there's a list so i kind of go through that in class mm -hmm. and then um and then like i tell them you have to finish your whole study guide when you're done with it give it to me and then i'll give you my study guide but like mm -hmm. i don't want to just hand answers because, so that is differently because i don't get like i have like my guruji does it more i guess indian style like you know i don't know like research it i guess yeah so, and like, she'll go over some of the practical stuff with us in class but like um that like for me i there's even music on mm. in the exam and the higher levels there's singing and mm. really this is not a singing class or you know test but since it's on the syllabus like and you can skip a certain like a couple of questions so you can always skip that but because of that last year I started taking singing lessons because mm. I was like even though you can skip it I just don't feel right inside 
I don't know, telling my students to skip it. And I feel like I should give them some direction so they have the opportunity to answer that question. Right. So I started taking singing lessons, which was also something I wanted to do for like 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, and it's like my, my mom's side of the family, they're all singers. Oh, okay. So my, yeah, she, they were so, like, I was telling my mom that I'm doing it and she's like, oh, do you have any, um, what did you say? Like, do you have the, the notation? And I was like, and I didn't have the notation, but I was like, what notation? I was like, wait, mm. what do you know about notation? She's like, well, I have a, um, what did she say? Like, I have a, she has a degree in music that oh, I wow. just forgot about. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if she's like, I don't know if it was like a master's or a bachelor's, but she's like, oh, I, maybe it was a bachelor's, but she's like, I have a degree. So it's really actually in my family. And now mm-hmm. I feel like kind of full circle coming back to my roots, like really my roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as preparation, I I think I go, I, I mean, I just go through every single item and I test them, I mock test them and you know, like give them all the material that they need. And mm-hmm. to the point, like last year, one of my students were kind of irritated that they asked more questions and um, that it was seemed too easy. And it's not an easy test because you don't know what they're going to ask you. There's like, you know, 400 things that you need to know for some of these tests. And, oh, wow. I mean, like one, Test like is nineteen dollars you're responsible for just in one exam mm. in fifth year. Wow. You know, so by the time you're in fifth year, it's nice. I mean, the Braggs and Youth exams though are more complex than mm. others because um, we've compared them to some other syllabuses. Like there's one in London. I forget which one does I something. But anyways, their higher level. I mean, level exam is like our first or or like our second mm-hmm. or third year. Yeah. So. Everything's like I guess everyone's different, but I just I just go through it. But I have noticed that the students that have like you you don't have to take the exam with me, but mm-hmm. I tell everyone you don't have to. But I'm gonna prep you anyways. And the only one I say you have to take is Praveshika because I can test the students for that, and they don't really need like Prabhas and Samiti allows them to skip that level. So I if they've been learning long enough, so I test them for that, and I say you at least have to know like Praveshika level because that's very like it's very like simple um it's like foundation of kata you know and so um some students who i really think shouldn't i mean should test they don't and so last year i asked a few of them i really pushed them i really think you should do this because i i will see a difference or you'll see a difference in your understanding of this and they're like oh i don't want to but then they agreed yeah and you know worked with them to get it down and they i know they were happy because they they're taking the test again this year mm-hmm. <laughs> but the understanding is more focused and go, like at a deeper level when you i think take the exam even though it's not the traditional way of teaching many many years ago but mm-hmm. it has evolved so many you know like just with the mogul empire and just over time it keeps becoming a little bit more modernized but although it's still very traditional in many ways but i i just like that it's evolved so much that it's recognized i mean it's it's so complex as you know mm-hmm. that, but it's recognized as something like you know hard enough to to actually get a degree in it you know mm-hmm. what i mean like 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 it's a real it makes it just makes it seem i mean i already know it, like it, it is complex and it is tough and you have to work at it to, yeah. Know, and there's it's a never ending process. I don't know if I'm ever going to be done learning because there's so much material and you can mm-hmm. create even more. But 
it's nice that it's recognized to, enough to be tested, you know? Yep, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's recognized even by the government of India, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so, yep. I think the London one you're talking about is the ISTD syllabus, but yeah. And, uh, yes. yes. And one thing I want to know since you started singing recently, and one part, the re- I guess one of the reasons you started is to help out your students with their part of that, that part of the exam. But have you found it benefiting your Kathak practice or has it flown into your Kathak practice? Have you feel like you show up differently to your practices or has that kind of come in yet? Or maybe that comes in later. We're very curious about that. Well, the one thing that has has changed a bit is because mm-hmm. now I'm I, I've always always been in the closet singer um but okay. now that I have been able to, or actually been like put in a situation where I have to sing in front of my guru my teacher yeah my singing vocal teacher and then my a friend of mine that I take the class with I mean it's just both of us so because I have to sing like I'm a, a lot more comfortable singing now in public not on a mic on a stage but I mean mm-hmm. But like um, with my students, when I'm singing the words, like I try to slow it down for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, let me just sing it because it's fast in the song. So I'm Understood. a lot more comfortable. That counts for anything. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that confidence is going to flow into your students as well. When they see you singing, they'll want to sing more as well, right? So, and you said that you're kind of you know learning never stops, and you're kind of continuously learning. So I wanted to know, since you've been doing Kathak for so long, teaching for so long, what are you learning these days? Where is your focus on in terms of what you're trying to learn for yourself? Um, with my uh, Rachna Didi, my guru that is out here in LA, mm-hmm. with her right now, I mean, she just because like she's she teaches whatever new songs all the time, right? I love mm-hmm. her choreography. And yeah. And no matter what she teaches, I mean, I, I try to absorb her style and, you know, just, I don't know, her essence, yeah. but also, so like, I, I mean, every song gives me a new learning experience, but right mm-hmm. now my focus is on the exam because it's coming up this, actually, I'm not focusing, but I should, but mm-hmm. like it's back there. Right, um, right. My focus is, so there are some dolls on there that I haven't done yet, and mm-hmm. or I like, I think there might be new new thoughts from last year, but there's some thoughts. So right now, just I mean, like there's still several things I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my focus is I need to learn those thoughts. Those, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And then compositions and thoughts, right? You know, and execute. Yeah. So that that's where. But with Durga Didi, then I'm learning with her online. So with her, I just you know she's a legend, and I I'm. Like, okay, I, I asked, I, I, when I was telling Rachel and Didi that I want to learn from her and fix my style, she's like, what's wrong with your style? Mm. I was like, nothing. But, so it's hard to explain, but I think like when you get it from like someone, a new perspective, a different person, yeah, different, you know, someone looks at the differences that maybe another guru wouldn't notice. Yeah. I just want to get better, you know, like I, mm. I'm not perfect. And I tell my students too, like, there's a lot like if I tell them, you know, can you open your arms more when you're turning? And I tell them it's not like you're um, I'm not trying to say like there's anything wrong. I just want you to get better. And I'm like, and you should always want to get better. Mm. Like even if I say that looks good, but still next time even better because there's always room for improvement. And mm. then I say, even with me, there's there's a lot of things that I still want to I mean, if you look at if I look at my own a video that even from a year or two ago, yeah. I see a difference. Like, I see. Oh my God! What was I, what was yeah. I doing there? You know. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, so with Durga Didi, I'm, I, I, there's, she's, she, but she pays attention to a lot of little details. I don't know how mm -hmm. on Zoom that I haven't been called out on and I love it. I mean, it's, you know, like, you know, I, like you have to be humble too, you know, mm -hmm. but I love it because I see, you know, the change when I'm, when I try to incorporate it. Yeah. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm like, I honestly, right now I've been overwhelmed with workshops because mm. during COVID, like, so, I mean, even now there's so many workshops, but at some point there used to be maybe one or two a year locally. And so I used to do those all the okay. time. Like if, if Maraji came down, I was always there. Like I felt, I went to New York and I did a residency with him and oh. then whenever he was in LA. Um, and then I've done a residency in London as well. But then, um, you know, it's like, sometimes you just take so much. I've even done it with um, your guru, um, you know, like Talim with Bandit Devyong, you know? Okay. Yeah. I've done a couple, but it's like, I actually really would love to learn with him probably one-on-one -on -one because all of his group classes or timings, like they don't work yeah. in my schedule because I'm in other classes, but I just don't have the capacity right now, but I think this year I'm going to contact him because I need to, I want to work on my doll too. Mm -hmm. And his style is also different, but he just is so sweet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, anyways, I, but like, other than that, I'm just done right now. I'm done with workshops because there you get so much information and then you don't have time to apply it. And I'm still working on the other stuff that I have going on, you know? So mm -hmm. I, if there, I'm, but I'm also really happy how much Kattak's, I don't know if it's with me, but it seems like it's spread a lot in the mm -hmm. past few years. It was COVID because yeah. even before, I mean, I would, sometimes I would, I could only teach a, a little bit on the side, but um, sometimes I wouldn't start in class for like six months to a year because I just wait for people. Like I wouldn't advertise. I was like, oh, if somebody wants to, they'll he they hear about me because I've been teaching there. And then, so when I get maybe three, four people interested, then I'm like, okay, maybe I should start forming a class. Yeah. But now, I mean, I don't, like knock on wood, but I feel like now when I'm saying that, hey, there's classes available, I'm teaching here. Like so many people are signing up and like, oh, I've been looking for this for, forever. I've always mm. wanted to learn. And, and I'm like, wow, like it was, it used to be just like Bollywood and Hungra, you know? Right. <laughs> people didn't like it. Okay. Or I, I thought I didn't like it, but now mm. there's like so much out there. Hmm. So great. And so since, uh, Anita, you've seen the landscape change over, over, over the last 15 or 20 years, what do you think has helped kind of bring Kathak? or make Kathak more popular, so to speak, like you said, like it was more, more Bollywood and Bhangra before. And what do you think has helped enable those changes? Like, what have you seen all change over the years? Well, I know there was always the Bollywood Indian cinema, but yeah. they also don't, they don't always portray it the way that, you know, like people think it's um, just Bollywood or they think that it's what you see in Amrajan. Mm -hmm. only yeah and like my my guru does not like like she won't she would never choreograph a, um, a song to that exactly. but that's one small aspect but I, I don't know I think it's honestly um on I mean it's like social media mm. because that's I mean that I didn't even have that many connections in Kathak until I think you know Instagram just maybe they were there I don't know but I didn't see them 
until a few months ago, I mean, sorry, a few years ago, like yep. the amount that I think now. So I think it's thanks to social media. Okay. Because Instagram is a great, in that sense, outlet. Hmm. <clears throat> or, of course, I should say. Understood. And I guess switching years a bit, wanted to get to your annual recital since you said it's less, in less than four weeks. You know, there's a, when it comes to an annual recital, there's a lot going on, right? Like you're kind of choreographing, you're kind of kind of teaching your students some some performance pieces for stage. Then there's costumes to decide, lights, and kind of coordinating the venue, coordinating with the parents, and kind of spreading the word. So I know I understand you probably are in the weeds and all of that stuff right now. So could you take us behind the scenes on what it takes to kind of put up an annual recital and where you are right now? What are you looking to put forward? Very curious about that. Yeah, so before I say all that, I will say that my students have always performed in Kathakala Academy's main, I mean, show that my guru puts on every year. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, She puts on, the show and because she's the one who told me you know you should start teaching when I started and so at first I just had like 12 students you know or 10 students but right. she would she'd like oh have them perform in the show because they're you know the branch of Katakal Academy that you teach like right. I, I run the most branches so I started doing that but like this year when I um started regrowing after COVID and like it went up really fast Mm -hmm. um, one thing was I realized it's my 15 year anniversary. I never even acknowledged the other years. So yeah. maybe I should do something. And secondly, like I do have a lot of students now, so I should um, probably look into having at least one, like my first show. So mm -hmm. anyways, this is the first time I'm doing everything completely alone, but it is a lot. I mean, the, you know, the preparation is like six months ago or more when I booked the hall. And then looking for, like, the first thing I did was look for a videographer because that's something that we don't always have in our school shows, and I wish we did. So I got a professional photographer and videographer set and um, booked the venue. And then after that, working on costumes because there's so many costumes we have to get made and we want to make, like, we still haven't gotten them. They should be here by next week, I hope. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. I'm sure they will. The <laughs> yeah, and so that and then um getting sponsors for which i we don't always do but i someone had given me the idea and i yeah. was like oh yeah i mean i'm gonna put ads in the book but i made i spent a little bit more time writing like a sponsor tiered thing like what you'll get if you sponsor and i made it really reasonable compared to others you know thing like i looked at a lot of them like from our temple yeah um and other places that i received so like they'll do like a thousand dollars two thousand dollars even tiers but my highest was 350. Gotcha. So i was like you know anything will help mm -hmm. and they include like, tickets and stuff so anyways i got um the sponsor stuff then um the next thing is honestly I still haven't figured this out, but hopefully this week tickets. So ticketing because the, the theater has one um a usually set way of doing things and their mm. fees, but I want to look at other options online, which I think some of the on the online options are better. So I'm still finalizing that, the vendor. I, I know who I'm using, but that's another project. Then um making the program booklet. I want it to be like full color. I want all my all my students in it. Mm -hmm. Then I have to write all the details. I mean, it's not like, you know, like overnight stuff. Yeah. And I used to ask my guru, like, I mean, like, I've even when I was just helping her, it was busy for me. But I used to say, oh, do you have this ready? Do you have the performance 
um, order ready yet and all that stuff. And she's like, no, not yet. And it would just seem like everything happens the last week. And so I was, I told myself, I'm going to do this way in advance. And I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to, because there's so much detail that goes into this. Mm-hmm. So like I found my MC and everything, but now I have to write the speeches and like all the descriptions and figure out like how to order the show so that like people who are doing two to three of them have enough time to change, mm-hmm. you know, because like, all over the place. So, I mean, those types of things are just, they don't happen overnight. And then, you know, like I, there's the recital fee and then the costume fee and make sure that you send me your picture. So I have like all these funny ways, charts and highlighters and things to just like this person did this, this person did this. And it's, it's just a lot of follow-up. Yep. Um, and organization they'll have to get to the lighting um and then even when the tickets are finally online it'll be like oh good i'm done with the tickets but i remember from past experience then every day i get tons of texts about tickets and seat numbers and this and reserve that and you know i mean hopefully it'll be easier with the online vendor you know but Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot so i'm writing notes so next time it'll be a lot easier i have a budget sheet for it has my income and then expenses and um you know just just to make sure that i don't also don't lose money um, okay. on this so hopefully next year it'll be easier but it, mm-hmm. it is a lot of work it is it's just a lot of coordination hmm. but it's fun <laughs> it's, it's still fun hmm. I'm glad you said it was fun and thanks for taking us behind the scenes of all like the tiny details. I really appreciate that. And I guess Anuita, coming to my final question, bringing it back to what you said, like that you're living the dream, so to speak right now. And, and that's true. You are the, the life that you have in terms of like what you get to do is probably something that someone else is aspiring for, whether that's practicing Kathak or taking it up or even like going on their own and establishing their own academy. So if someone is thinking about that or is on the fence to about it, what would you tell them or is there any insights you can give them as to how they can what they should think about to make that decision? What are the th- steps they should take in that process? Um, well, first, you have to make sure that it's financially feasible. So you mm-hmm. have to kind of figure out, and I don't have the exact number myself, but I think to get the type of nursing salary and the cut salary I was getting, I mean, I would have to be getting a lot of paid, um, high paid performances mm-hmm. and a lot of students. But someone was telling me you need like 200 students. And I was like, that's a lot because even with 70, I'm dying. And I, I do plan on getting more, but yeah, it's, a, I think just because I, like I'm, I, I give so much individualized attention to everybody. Like, yeah. I, and I respond to everyone right away, so they they're used to that too. But I would, anyways, um, to get back to the question. Yeah. I think that, like, like for me, it was just like I was following my heart, and mm-hmm. it's really true when you listen to what like if like you have to think like do i really want to do this for the rest of my life like the job i was doing there was a time that i thought that i could retire there but then there was a time where i like i had some really slow days and i was able to work on cut on the side mm. sometimes but you know but then you know i was like oh i could just do both jobs you know but then i was like my heart is not here like mm. as much as i love doing that job like it was a dream job to get right. that nursing job because i was helping patients really like better their health um and but with like prevention yeah which is not done but anyways 
Um, but yeah, my heart just wasn't there. And I think you really have to follow your heart. And mm. But there's also a thing like, I think I built this path for myself without really knowing it. Um, Cause I was like treading cautiously. And um, I, I had like 15 years of experience of doing this. You know? mm. So I, it's not like I know what I'm yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely scary to quit my job, but I also know what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I, I think I did my, like, paid my dues working as a nurse, you mm. know, had a small property. And, you know, I think like, I'm kind of like exactly where I want to be now, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, some people could, a lot of people do it a lot younger than me. You know, I, like they take this leap of faith. But I think it's you just have to believe in yourself mm -hmm. because, and you know, someone might try, the few people just try to discourage me, like, well, you should just do part time. I'm like, I don't want to focus on anything else. I just want to focus on cutback. I even mm -hmm. have a health coach business on the side, but I'm not focusing on it right now. I just want to do cutback and I want to do it really well. Right. So I, I think you, you have to have a schedule and you have to be really disciplined. And, you know, remember that it's still work, mm. you know, and believe in yourself. Because if you say that you can't do it, then you for sure can't. Mm. <laughs> There's a chance if you believe it. Understood. And other people believe it too. Mm. Understood. You know, I mean, just, just saying that I did this already opened up more performance you know opportunity like the paid ones that were respectable like i wouldn't do it at just any like private function but like nice ones you know or festivals but just saying that i did it like you know someone asked me to audition for a commercial mm. i'm not even an actor and i don't do that and i was like i have no experience and you know um i doubt i got it because i was really recently but it was interesting because the it was about a doctor quitting her job to pursue Indian classical dance school time. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, that sort of is my story. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe I should. But, you know, just like something that I would have never even probably been offered if I was not where I'm at. So, you know, other opportunities open when you mm. believe in yourself. So that's mm. my advice. Yeah, it's almost like they wrote that part just for you. Like, it's amazing how that kind of worked out. And yeah just to i guess summarize you talked about making sure you have your finances straight and you know how much you need to kind of survive if you do go full time you talked about following your heart and also like knowing knowing what you're doing since you were already taking those steps and you're doing this part-time so this wasn't like an overnight decision and yeah and going and going back to like following your passion so yeah i think that's a really good yeah. like set of steps for you and i saying and i think most young people or this generation i'm not even that young but i'm just saying nowadays yeah. most people do they're, they're more organized i think mm -hmm. than the traditional way but i think that just like when you're starting something like this people want to know that you're, they're going to someone with experience and like they have a certain way of doing things because mm -hmm. other if you are not like solid on that then they'll try to you know make you like waver your decision or bend your own rules and so i have to be like no nope, this is how i do it because you know, I've been doing it for a long time mm. and I know what, and so does, you know, how you have, so I think you just have to be like, really have clarity. Hmm. Really have clarity. And, yeah. Have clarity with what you're, it's like an intention. Hmm. 
Yep, and I think intention has kind of been the theme of like this whole episode that way as well. And uh, yeah, to bring this to a close and just to reflect on everything we talked about, kind of talked about going full time and what life was like before you were teaching and doing doing a registered nurse. We also talked a lot about morning routines and what wh- the importance of them and how that helps you set the intention for the day. We talked about teaching. We talked about examinations. And yeah, we talked about following your passion. So I guess, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, Anvita. This was very informative for me as well. Thank you. It was fun. I love talking about Kathak. <laughs> so, thank you so much.